What is up, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Jim Bratton Sports Podcast. And what I'm going to be getting into today is one of my absolute favorite things to talk about in the world of sports. I look forward to it every single year. And it's a very exciting time for football fans and NFL fans in particular. And I'm, of course, talking about the NFL draft. And what I'm, so what I'm going to be doing here is I'm going to sort of be putting myself into the minds of all of the GMs and front offices that will be making their picks tomorrow night. Uh, beginning tomorrow night. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. The first overall pick belongs to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They, of course, are picking number one overall for the second year in a row. And last year, of course, they added the guy that they want to build their offense around in uh, former Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence, or Sunshine, as I've called him before. And this year, I think they're going to add a guy who, ideally, you would want to build around on the defensive side of the ball, and that is Aiden Hutchinson, the edge rusher from the University of Michigan. And when you look at the Jags roster on on the defense, you obviously have your your Josh Allens and your Clavon Chasons on the defensive Line, but I think it would be uh, prudent for the Jaguars to add yet another guy to that mix. Uh, Obviously, you have a first-year head coach coming in in Doug Peterson who sort of wants to put his stamp on the organization, and I think adding a guy like Aiden Hutchinson would be a good way to do that. Moving on to the number two overall pick. That belongs to the Detroit Lions, and with the number two overall pick in the NFL draft, I have the Lions uh, adding some sauce to the mix and selecting Ahmad Sauce Gardner the cornerback from the University of Cincinnati. Uh, I think the Lions have a lot of holes to fill on the defensive side of the football, and adding a guy like Sauce Gardner to the secondary would be a very wise decision to make. And, of course, the Lions can sort of fill holes on both sides of the ball uh, in the first round. They are picking at number two and at number 32 tomorrow night. 
And again, as I said, certainly they have a lot of holes to fill and will certainly try to do that in any way possible. I, of course, have them filling one of those holes with the selection of Sauce Gardner. The number three overall pick goes to the goes to the Houston Texans, and I have the Texans adding a guy who has sort of been shooting up draft boards over the over the course of the last few months, and that is Trayvon Walker, the defensive end from Georgia. Uh, again, you you saw everybody saw uh, what a difference he made for the dogs over the course of the college football season, and of course in the college football playoff national championship game. And with the Texans just needing to add some depth to their defensive line in particular. Um, I think Trayvon Walker is a very excellent piece for them to have. Now, moving on to the fourth pick, the, the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 the New York Jets, uh, need to add some weapons and some protection for their young quarterback, Zach Wilson. And with the fourth overall pick, I have them adding one of those weapons, and that is Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver from the Ohio State University. And, of course, the Jets have... Had a very unlucky streak uh, this offseason with failing to, failing to acquire top receivers especially because the attempted trade for Tyreek Hill was a big swing and a miss. And with the Jets failing to acquire Tyreek Hill. I know know there's been some reports in the media of them possibly going after a guy like Adebo Samuel from the San Francisco 49ers. Of course, nowadays with the draft and teams sending out all of these smoke screens on their plans, You uh, don't really know what to believe and what not to believe. But uh, having said that, uh, the Jets have obviously got to find a way to add depth to the receiver position. And I think adding a guy like Garrett Wilson would be a very excellent way to do that because they want to make sure that with the struggles that Zach Wilson had last year, they want to sort of limit those 
struggles this year if he really is going to be their quarterback of the future. Uh, Moving on to the fifth pick, staying with the New York teams, the New York Giants are picking fifth. And I have them selecting Ikem Ekwonu, the offensive tackle from North Carolina State University. And again, new new coach coming in and Brian Dayball, new new general manager coming in and Joe Shane. And when you have a guy like Daniel Jones at quarterback who has a lot of promise, he's done some very nice things for the Giants over his tenure there, but Again, this goes back to the whole protection thing. Uh, when you add a guy like Equanu to your first round pick that you had recently on the offensive line in Andrew Thomas, you kind of have your two bookend tackles together and I think if the Giants were to put, uh, were to keep Andrew Thomas on the left side and move a guy like Eka McWonu to right tackle, then that offers Daniel Jones a tremendous amount of protection and really gives the Giants a very good opportunity to see if Daniel Jones is in fact the quarterback that they want to move forward with. And speaking of quarterbacks, moving on to the sixth pick, I have the Carolina Panthers taking the first quarterback off the board, and I kind of struggled with this as to which guy the Carolina Panthers would take, but ultimately I decided that they will go with Malik Willis from Liberty University. And Malik Willis certainly has the most upside, I would say, of any quarterback in this draft class. And he may be a little raw, a little raw coming in, but when you look at it from a talent perspective, um, he's definitely number one, I would say. And when you have a coach like Matt Rule, who is fr- frankly sort of fighting for his job at this point after the failed QB experiments of a guy like Teddy Bridgewater and the seemingly failed experiment of Sam Darnold, uh, you want to, again, make sure that you have that quarterback of the future. 
And I think the Panthers, if they were to take Willis, they may start off the season with Sam Darnold as the starter. But if and when the struggles come, the fan base in Carolina is just going to be clamoring for the young rookie to come in and sort of take over the job. And I think Malik Willis would be a very intriguing prospect for the Carolina Panthers to look into selecting. Moving on to number seven, the New York Giants are back on the clock. And, of course, they went offensive line at number five with Ika McQuonu. Uh I have them going defensive line at number seven. Or edge rusher, depending on how you look at it, with K- with Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Who, when when you turn on the tape, is an absolute monster. And with the Giants sort of looking to add more toughness to the defensive side of the ball, uh, I think. Kayvon Thibodeau would be an ex selecting Kayvon Thibodeau would be an excellent way for them to do that. Moving on to number eight with the Atlanta Falcons. I have I have them selecting Drake London, the wide receiver from USC. And when you look at the Falcons. Obviously, they need to add weapons to the wide receiving core. There's a lot of question marks surrounding uh, Calvin Ridley's suspension. And if you're a guy like Arthur Smith as the head coach, uh, you want to make sure that you have some athletes that can produce and Drake London is just an absolute freak athlete and somebody who I think would be an excellent weapon for Marcus Mariota, who I think the Falcons are going to give a shot to take over the the, uh, quarterback job this year. Uh, I I think Drake London would be a very excellent weapon for Marcus to have. Uh, The Seattle Seahawks are on the clock at number nine, and I have them sort of solidifying the offensive line with Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama. And... You would think that with the Seahawks trading away, obviously, Russell Wilson, who is now a member of the Denver Broncos, you would think that the Seahawks would look into taking a quarterback here. But remember, in that trade, they picked up Drew Locke, 
who had sort of been fighting to become the guy for the Broncos up until this past year, and the new general manager in Denver, George Payton, thought that Drew Locke was in fact not going to be the guy, and decided to obviously go in a different direction. But I think the Seahawks are going to give Drew Locke a shot. Uh, And, of course, to do that, this goes back to the whole protection argument that I've been making for some of these teams and protecting their quarterbacks. You want to make sure that the offensive line is solidified. And the Seahawks, to me, have a big hole at offensive tackle, and I think Evan Neal goes a long way to address that hole. Now, rounding out the top ten, back to the New York Jets. Uh, I have the Jets going defense with this pick and selecting Jermaine Johnson II, who is an edge rusher from Florida State. And, uh, of course, the head coach of the New York Jets, Robert Sala, his bread and butter is on the defensive side of the football. And I think he would be very excited to have a guy like Jermaine Johnson come in and produce. Number 11, the Washington Commanders have a lot of questions, especially on defense, and in the back end of the secondary, which is why I have them selecting Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame. He's a very athletic guy. He is easily the top safety in my mind, the is the excuse me the top safety in this draft class and i think the commanders would be very excited to grab him here uh, number 12 the the minnesota vikings have huge problems on the defensive side of the football they had one of the worst pass defenses in the league last year which is why I have them selecting Derek Stingley Jr., the cornerback from LSU. And I think Derek Derek Stingley is going to be going into a perfect situation where the Vikings already have a guy in Patrick Peterson that he can learn from and... So that Derek Stingley can learn from and soak in as much information as he can from the vested veteran in Patrick Peterson and hopefully add some, some juice to the Minnesota Vikings 
pass defense at the same time. Number 13, the Texans are back on the clock, and I have them going offensive line with this pick with Charles Cross, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State. And the Texans have said that their goal is to build around, and I I know I keep emphasizing this protection issue, but it's a very important issue. And when you have, when you're the Houston Texans and you have said that the goal is to build around Davis Mills, who you drafted last year, obviously Deshaun Watson is no longer there. But when you want to build around a young quarterback, you want to make sure he has as much protection as possible. And I think adding a guy like a Charles Cross to the O-line would be a very excellent way to do that. Number 14, the Baltimore Ravens, who have, of course, been known up until recently when the Lamar Jackson era began, uh, have been known as one of the toughest defensive teams in the league. Uh, In the the first round, I, of course, have them addressing the defense by selecting Jordan Davis, the huge but fast, if you go back to the combine and look at his 40-yard dash time, uh, Jordan of Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle from the University of Georgia, who, again, when you, much like a Trayvon Walker from that same team, when you look at the tape, uh, is an absolute freak. And the Ravens, of course, have been known for uh, having solid front sevens over the years, and I think adding Jordan Davis here would be an excellent what excellent way for the Ravens to get back into that conversation. Uh, Fifteen, the Philadelphia Eagles have a lot of holes that they need to fill. Obviously, they started off the draft with three first-round picks. They've, of course, made a trade a little while back and now only have the two first-round picks. And again, as I said, they've got a lot of holes to fill, uh, especially at excuse me, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and in particular at cornerback, which is why I have them selecting Trent McDuffie from the University of Washington, and I think that Trent McDuffie is going to be an excellent guy to have 
on the other side of your all-pro corner in Darius Slay. Uh, Moving on to the 16th pick, speaking of the foot trade that the Philadelphia Eagles made, the the team that they made that trade with was the team that is going to be picking at number 16, and that is, of course, the New Orleans Saints. And with the 16th overall pick, I have the Saints taking Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from Alabama. And I know some of the mock drafts have had the Saints taking a quarterback here. I I just think that they've brought Jameis Winston back and said that he is the guy. And they also signed Andy Dalton to be the backup. And I think in the Saints' mindset, I think they think that they are set at quarter at quarterback, at least for the near term, and want to make sure that Jameis Winston slash Andy Dalton have all the weapons they need to be successful. And I think Jamison Williams is a big target who will certainly do his part in trying to make that happen. All right, that wipes out the first half of the draft of the first round. Let's get into the second half. Number 17, the the Los Angeles Chargers. I have them taking Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from the University of Utah. Very athletic guy who I think will blend right in with what the Chargers are trying to accomplish on defense. Uh, Number 18, back to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I have them going defense here again by selecting Nicobe Dean, the linebacker from the University of Georgia. I think the Eagles have a lot of... They've got a lot of question marks on both sides of the ball, honestly, but uh, when you look at the defense, I think there are a lot of key positions that they need to address, and obviously corner and linebacker are two of the big ones, and I see them taking Nicobe Dean here. Number 19, back to the Saints. I have them selecting uh, another bulldog, another Georgia bulldog comes off the board here with Devontae Wyatt, the defensive lineman. Obviously, when you look at the new Saints head coach and Dennis Allen, uh, his area of expertise is on the defensive side of the ball. And I think Devontae Wyatt 
just gives him another weapon and asset to have. Number 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I do have them going quarterback here because obviously you've signed Mitchell Trubisky. You want him to be the guy, but on the other hand, you want to make sure that the quarterback situation, especially after the retirement of Ben Roethlisberger, is taken care of not just for the short term, but for the long term. And so I have the Pittsburgh Steelers going quarterback here with Kenny Pickett from the University of Pittsburgh. So he's going to be staying in-state and playing for the Steelers. Number 21, the New England Patriots. Uh, obviously, and th- this, is a, this is a name that uh, my friends in Columbia will uh, know, obviously, The New England Patriots made a big move by trading away Shaq Mason to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which created a big hole on the uh, New England Patriots offensive line, which is why I have them selecting Zion Johnson from Boston College and Having a guy like Zion Johnson, who is one of the top offensive linemen in the draft, uh, is definitely going to be a big way for Bill Belichick to make up for losing a guy like Shaq Mason on the offensive line. Uh, The the Green Bay Packers, in the in moving on to number 22, the Green Bay Packers, with the first of their two uh, first-round selections, I, ha- I have them taking Traylon Burks, the wide receiver from the University of Arkansas. And, of course, the Packers have not been known for selecting wide receivers early in the draft, especially in the first round. But when you trade away Devontae Adams, uh, that can certainly make your mindset change. And I think adding, and I think it's going to take obviously more than one guy to replace the production of Devontae Adams, and I can see the Packers taking multiple wide receivers in this draft. But I think Traylon is certainly a good start. Uh, Number 23, the Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are on the clock here, and I have them taking 
Andrew Booth Jr., the corner from Clemson. I think the Cardinals have a lot of as many questions as there have been about Kyler Murray this offseason. I still think they have quite a few question marks on defense, and I think Andrew Booth is a very good way to answer a few of those questions, at least in the secondary. Uh, Number 24, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I have them going offensive line here with Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. I think when you lose a guy like Lyle Collins, uh, that's going to take a big toll on the offensive line. And the Cowboys offense was absolutely humming last year with Dak Prescott slinging the ball all over the yard to guys like Dalton Schultz and C.D. Lamb. And, of course, you do have the two running backs that are still there in Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. And I think adding a guy like Trevor Penning is a way to maintain that production because, as we all know, uh, when you have a good offensive line, everything else on the offensive side of the ball can seemingly fall into place. And so I think Trevor Penning would be a ve- would be a very good selection here for the Cowboys. Number 25, the Buffalo Bills who are pretty much playing with house money at this point. Uh, when when you look at their their roster, they really don't have a lot of holes, despite uh, coming up short in the AFC Divisional game last year to the Chiefs. Uh, they've really done a good job of filling a lot of a lot of their holes, and so I think they can. The reason I say that they're playing with house money is because they really don't have a lot of needs to fill with this pick, and so they can go best player available. And I believe that person is Chris Alave, the wide receiver from Ohio State. And and if you're Josh Allen, I mean, the rich have certainly gotten richer in terms of the Bills' weapons with guys like Stefan Diggs and Dawson Knox at the tight end spot, I think adding a guy like Chris Olave is just another fun weapon to get the ball in the hands of and hopefully try to get the Bills over the top and back into the AFC Championship game. 
Uh, number 26, and, and this is a pick that is, of course, near and dear to my heart. As many of you, many of you out there know, because the 26th pick belongs to the Tennessee Titans. And with the 26th pick, I have the Tennessee Titans selecting Jahan Dodson, the wide receiver from Penn State University. And with the lack of production that the Titans had at receiver last year from guys not named A.J. Brown, uh, you obviously want to make sure that Ryan Tannehill, at least for this year, has the weapons that he needs. And obviously, I do think that at some point, this contract dispute with A.J. Brown is going to be resolved, and A.J. Brown will be a Tennessee Titan for many years to come. And you also have a guy like Robert Woods, who you picked up from the Rams. I think a guy like like a Jahan Dodson is just another very excellent weapon to have and can hopefully provide Ryan Tannehill with the weapons that he needs to get the to try to get the Titans over the hump. Uh, number 27, the Bucks. Uh, I think they continue to add to the offensive line here, as I mentioned earlier, they did pick up Shaq Mason from the Patriots, and I have them solidifying the other offensive guard spot here with Kenyon Green from Texas A&M, and obviously they did bring the GOAT back. Tom Brady is back this year. He, of course, came out of his, quote, retirement, unquote, and is officially back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think that he will have very excellent protection with Shaq Mason and their first-round, potential first-round pick, Kenyon Green. Number 28, back to the Packers. I have them going defense here with David Ajabo, who is the other big-time edge rusher from the University of Michigan who was, who was highlighted basically just as much as Aiden Hutchinson was, who... Of course, I have going number one overall. And I think the Packers certainly have a very good history with taking Michigan linebackers. When you, when you look at a guy that they already have in Rashawn Gary, who they picked up a few years ago, I think that having a guy like David Ajabo is 
a very good way to sort of solidify their front seven. Number 29, the Chiefs. Um, and I'm going to get through these last, I've got to get through these last four picks here very quickly. Uh, at number 29, the Chiefs. I have selecting Kair Elam, the cornerback from Florida. I think the Chiefs have a lot of question marks on defense, and taking a guy like Kyir Elam is a very good way to address their needs in the secondary. Uh, Number 30, because they are picking back-to-back, I have them selecting George Karloftis, the edge rusher from Purdue. George Karloftis, very very productive player for the... He was a very productive player for the Boilermakers last year. He obviously held out of the out of the uh the bowl game which uh, which I am not going to get into for obvious reasons for those of my uh, for all of my Tennessee Vols fans out there I sort of cringe every time I think about that bowl game but Again, George Karloftis, very productive player who is going to hopefully add another weapon to the pass rush for the Chiefs. Uh, Number 31, the Cincinnati Bengals, the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. I, I have them selecting Daxton Hill, the defensive back from the University of Michigan. And the Bengals don't really have a lot of holes, honestly. Uh, They've really beefed up the O-line, which really was the the main question mark for the Bengals, especially in the playoffs. Uh, And obviously that did not affect their ability to make it to the Super Bowl, but they've spent a lot of money on the O-line this offseason, and I think the O-line is secure, and the big question mark that I have about the Bengals is on defense, and when you add a guy like Daxton Hill to the mix in the secondary, uh, I think that is a very big way to address one of those holes. Rounding out the first round, the Detroit Lions are back on the clock. And I've seen some mock drafts that have the Lions going quarterback here. Uh, I, I do not think they are. I think they're going with a wide receiver who has been sort of shooting his way up draft boards as of late. And that is Christian Watson from North Dakota State. And 
when you look at the lines, I do not I do not think that Jared Goff is the main issue. I do think that the Lions could address the sort of quarterback of the future uh, in their minds if they have one in this draft later on in the draft. But to me, um, adding a guy like a Christian Watson to the uh, sort of high-rising prospect that they selected last year in Amon Ross St. Brown would be a very good way to sort of get the most out of Jared Goff, at least in the short term. Guys, thank, thank you so much for for bearing with me. I know that this is a lot of information, but the draft is certainly something that I look forward to every year, and I look forward to breaking down these prospects every year. And I am uh, just glad to have the opportunity to share my views on what I think each team is inevitably going to be doing starting tomorrow night. Guys, thank you so much for uh, joining me on this special mock draft edition of the Jim Bratton Sports Podcast. And I'm hopefully going to have a lot more exciting things coming up later on, including my breakdown of what each team has done in the draft after it concludes on Saturday afternoon. Again, the draft, for those of you who do want to tune in to the draft, it starts uh, tomorrow night at 8, 7 central on ABC slash ESPN slash NFL Network. And it is something that I, along with many other NFL fans, are looking forward to watching. Guys, thank you so much again for tuning in. And uh, I'll see you soon.